fellas, don't drink that coffee. After a week off. Hi. Hi, Dallas. Hey, bud. Hey, buddy. Welcome back to the podcast that we started a long time ago called Dish in the Percolator, a podcast about Twin Peaks. It's been like two years, right? Congratulations on our 500th episode. (laughs) (laughs) Does it feel like it's been 500? It feels, I don't remember not doing this podcast. I wonder how many we've done. Well, there was like 30, there was 30 episodes and a couple of them we split up and then we're like 10 in to the new one, but we've combined mm-hmm. a couple, but we also did like the movie. I work like we're in the forties. Yeah, man. 40 times I've called you on Skype. I just want to say thanks to all the fans that believed in us and that support us. Um, Are <laughs> you... Are you chewing gum? What are you doing? I'm eating grapes. <laughs> what kind of grapes? Green grapes. Oh. Seedless? USDA organic. Yes, yeah, seedless. I'm not a monster. I don't know if the USDA rates grapes. I think they do beef. It says on the um it says on the frozen what, box. What does it say? USDA. <laughs> they say their choice. <laughs> they prime prime grapes. What I do is I get you know like those Sunny D commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you those. Know there's I like, know those Sunny D commercials. You know those like grape drink. Yeah. What I do is I take grape drink and I pour it into little ice cubes <laughs> that are shaped I, like grapes. And then I eat those like grapes. They're shaped. They're shaped like grapes. USDA or USDA <laughs> organic. Grape ice cubes. I'm almost done. I have three more grapes. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to our 500th episode. We'll see you next week (laughs) on Dish in the Percolator. Good job, guys. Let's play them out. No, we actually get to talk about two episodes this week because we were too lazy. Or you were doing stand-up. How were your your gigs last week? Um, Well, you know, Sean... They all can't be winners, right? So none of them were good? They were all really, really great. <laughs> <laughs> it was with this guy named John Heffron. Nope. He uh, won is, last comic standing at some point. Is he in Twin Peaks The Return? No. Then I don't, and, I don't uh, know him. Yeah, but he's been doing a lot of comedy for a very long time. Very nice guy. Uh, very funny. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say he was funny. Very funny. He has, I mean, he, he does like, you know, 
he's in his forties. He's married. So, you know, most of his set is all about his wife and being married and stuff. So, you know, it's a very particular type of comedy. Did you know that people are going to be able to describe you and me as that soon in, in our forties and married? Well, I have like one marriage bit I do in, in my standup. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't do it because he did 45 minutes of marriage material. Got it. So, uh, I try to stay away from it as much as I can because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to belittle what my wife and I have <laughs> with some cheap joke in front of drunks. But if you were going to, what, what would it be? She is so stupid. <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> the other day I said, honey, are the dishes clean? And she was like, and then she fell asleep. Is your wife a bear? My wife is a bear (laughs) and she's been hibernating. (laughs) Oh, man. No, anyway, it was fun. Cool. Good crowds. And uh, I tried out a whole new bit and it went over very well. So I was excited about that. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, I hope it was worth it because we have to jam two episodes into one podcast now. So. Well, I got booked on another weekend with uh, – I'm going to be uh, opening for Michael Ian Black. Oh, cool. From the state. Yeah, man. From the state. When is that? So, uh, It's in mid-August. Okay. So I'm excited. Um, be fun. But anyway. Anyway, awesome. anyway, let's do it. Two episodes. In four Come minutes. On, <clears throat> in four minutes. I don't remember the first one, so – Yeah, actually, these are two good ones I was thinking to, to back – to put back to back. Cause I feel like they almost work as one long one. Like we're, we're kind of, we've come out of part eight, which was very much like a thing of its own. And then I feel like these two episodes in particular had a lot of twin peaks in them. Right. Like we were, we, we were outside of it a little bit. We only saw like bad Cooper for the first part of episode nine. And I don't think he's in the rest of the two hours. And it's mostly, it deals with a lot of, Major Briggs in episode nine and the Buckhorn investigation. And then in part 10, we're kind of in Twin Peaks, but we're also very much in Vegas and we're dealing with the Mitchum brothers and we're dealing with Dougie. So, but they, but it, they really kind of feel like one long episode, I thought. So I think this, it's a good, it's a good one to kind of go through together. And again, kind of as we've been doing this season, um, I don't have like an agenda. I want to talk about the things that you thought were interesting. Uh, let's before we get into this again. Our, our, you know what our podcast is called. You clicked on it. It's called Dish and the Percolator. You can follow us on Twitter at Percolator Pod. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can give us a rating. Um, you can follow Dallas at Dallas underscore MC, and he will hopefully tweet out when he's going to be opening for Michael Ian Black. You can follow me on Twitter, but don't because I don't tweet anything. Um, Dallas. Yeah, buddy. Lead us in. I I liked how episode nine started. I'll say that where it was kind of like. Well, which one was the one where James saved Donna and Maddie? (laughs) Because I don't want to confuse those two. That's episode 11, which is airing tonight, by the way. I'm like, I have to almost delete Twitter from my phone because apparently at Comic-Con tonight, they're showing episode 11. Oh. And so it's like two days before it comes out, it's going to all get to the internet somehow. And I made the mistake last week because if you live in California, most people get can watch this at six. 
but I can't because I have kids who go to bed at like nine. So I made the mistake of just like, I turn off all my notifications because I don't want to get anything like to the dish in the percolator count. But I just like in a moment of boredom clicked on Twitter and like saw something and not that it was like a spoiler, but it was just someone's kind of reaction to it. And it was kind of lukewarm. And I was just like, Oh man, I don't want to go into it thinking that like, it's, it's not a good one or whatever, you know? So I'm just thinking about like deleting Twitter from my phone. So I don't like accidentally go on there before Sunday night, but I'm here at comic con. (laughs) Our friend, friend of the podcast, Liz Ramsey made it into the, uh, the, 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 they had a conference, a panel, a conference, a panel today with like a bunch of the uh, stars from the show. And well, stars so, from the first show, not stars from this show. No, no, no. There were some, there was <laughs> They guys, showed Ed, for God's sake. I know. And we still haven't seen Ed. We won't. We're not going to. No, we're going to. He was in the he was in the trailer. Ed was in the trailer for the show. He was in all the promotional pictures. Yeah, yeah. He was on the cover of of uh, Entertainment Weekly, right? Yeah, great. I'm happy and that the, he was all in all those things. There's a shot of him in one of the pre in the promos that we haven't seen in the show yet, too. So we know he's going to be in it. I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing Ed. Do you feel like what, how he's going to be in it is it's going to be the very last shot of the show and uh, James is going to ride off in his motorcycle and it's just going to be Ed waving goodbye <laughs> and that's going to be the end? There's a The shot in the promo was just Ed like kind of – he looked like he's kind of sulking over a cup of coffee and like maybe that's just it. James just goes by and then it's just like <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, I I don't remember how this episode started. You're going to have to. Okay. Part nine starts with, and I was like, are they going to go, are we going to stay in part eight world? Are we going to be in the black and white? Are we going to find out what happened to the bug thing? But no, we see bad Cooper or Mr. C and he's just like walking down that trail and his just face is covered in blood because he just had Bob ripped out of him and he was shot, but he's not dead because he can't die for whatever reason. Um, and that's when he meets up with Tim Roth, who plays um, Jennifer Jason Lee's husband. So yeah, <laughs> which we had like remember we saw Jennifer Jason Lee in like the second episode, and he mentions oh we remember we saw Jennifer <laughs> Jason. Lee. So he mentions her husband in that episode, and now we finally meet him. And I think Tim Roth is pretty funny as as this guy. Um, so they're kind of working with with bad coop and they give, give him some give him some sugar what honey. does he know he says like give uh the boss man a wet one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then they give him like some guns and a bag of cheetos like she literally hands him a bag of cheetos well let's be honest when you're on a long drive <laughs> what is he gonna get like a slurpee like make sure he gets that big league chew would you have preferred preferred them hand him also a Slurpee? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I wanted to make sense where they're just like, sorry, there's no like supermarket nearby. There's just a 7-Eleven. So these are like the most, this is all we can get you, you know? Yeah. So anyway. I love it. So this is, we were wondering, okay, where were they headed? Uh, Ray and Cooper. And obviously this was the place. The farm was not some like, you know, code name for some 
top secret place. It was literally a farm. That that's where he yeah. his meetup point was after getting uh, out of prison. That's where the episode starts. It's always um, the last thing you expect. <laughs> was is the actual thing that they're saying <laughs> <laughs> in Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, do you want to go? Th- do you want to like kind of go through the episodes, or is there stuff you want to talk about? I'm kind of open for whatever you want to do. No, I mean, just let's let's go through it, and then I'll okay. stop when I okay, want to cool, talk cool. about stuff. Because I mean, like, I forget what happened, but obviously you sent that t- text, and I don't know. It was in the same episode, right? That we find out who that text went to. Yes, correct. So that's okay. and that's early on. So this this beginning of episode nine bounces between. Coop at the farm, and then um, Cole and Diane and Albert are on that plane, uh, and that's when they're flying over South Dakota, and they get the phone call from the, I'm guessing it's from um, Ernie Hudson's character, who tells them about Major Briggs's body, and that's when they say, we're going to go find out what's going on. Um, and the first thing we see with that, with what you're talking about, is Diane is trying to get on her phone on the plane, and it has that kind of the same kind of lettering as when Coop's phone was like he was killing the like um the like what is it called? What would you call like the um, homing beacon? Sounds like I'm in the 1940s, but that's what no, was on I the think- cars. What, what what that was on his car. Yeah, I think that uh, tracer. Or tra- but remember when he he goes on his phone and like turns it turns it off, basically. Like, yeah. she looks at her phone and it says blocked in the same sort of kind of like color and lettering that he is using. Uh huh. Which makes you think Coop, bad Coop, is like not only involved in all the like nefarious things he's doing, but he also like has an app. Like the bad, <laughs> like the bad Coop app. Yeah, well, everyone has apps. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is like, this is, um, <laughs> this is Twin Peaks 2017, man. Um, Dude, apps and websites. One of my favorite things when Twin Peaks was announced that there was returning, someone made a Twitter where it was like, they did all like, it was like Laura Palmer with her hands up doing that thing, but she's holding an iPad. So like, it was just a bunch <laughs> of like, <laughs> okay. Well, sorry. I don't know what happened. We're back. Anyway. Modern Twin Peaks. Um, Diane. So Diane is not maybe kind of... Well, we'll get into it because we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. We don't know yet that he sent that text to Diane. But what he does send, we do see him send a text that say, it says, um, around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. Yeah. So uh, Mr. C likes to talk in some sort of... It feels like code, but it's weird. Like when he said the cow jumped over the moon. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he um, definitely speaks in code. Cole finds out that Coop escaped, which we knew he would. We knew he would freak out. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything worth noting. This is when... Um, oh, he tells Tim Roth's character that he's he wants him to kill the warden. So, yeah. um, which makes sense because the warden set him up, right? We know the warden gave Ray the gun, and uh, he's going to get retribution. And then he tells him he wants to have him pull off a double header in Vegas. And I don't know if you heard of Tim Roth go, ooh, let's play two. Um, <laughs> I really want more of Tim Roth's character. I enjoyed, I I enjoyed him. So 
I, I always enjoy Tim Roth. So when, um, so the next scene is when they're at uh, Dougie and and uh, Janie are at the station, and uh, Keckner or Fusco, Elder Fusco, is interviewing his boss Bushnell about Dougie. Um, there's a really weird moment where Bushnell kind of is losing his patience with them about how. He's he's mentioning how it's weird how his first his car blows up and then somebody tries to kill him, and there's like just that mm-hmm. long pause and he starts like clenching his fist like he wants to box him. <laughs> um, yeah. But the guy the brothers are all like super deadpan. Um, we find out in this scene that there's nothing on Douglas Jones prior to '97, so we are led to believe that this is when he was if he was created by Mr. C. This is when it happened. Um, and there's a really like one of my favorite things in this show is again this guy who I didn't know who you've been in a show with, but Eric Edelstein might be like one of my favorite parts of the return because his <laughs> laugh is like it, it's just fantastic and he has like some classic moments in this episode. Um one of them in this yeah. scene with the taillight must be a beauty, and then later on with Ike. Um but just going yeah. through this, they get they get Dougie's or they get Cooper's palm print uh, off that mug. So I feel like that's going to turn up, right? That that's Cooper, you know? he If he works for the FBI, he obviously would have been printed. Um, well, like we'll I, see. I feel like as a fan or if you're frustrated with the show, I don't feel like this is going to go on until the 18th episode. Like I feel like – Everything that we got in these two episodes is telling us it's like in the next, my guess would be in the next two episodes, there's going to be a change because of all the things that are happening and some of the things with the dates where we've kind of know things are about to happen. My Mm. gut, my gut says we're about to take a turn in this show. Well, it does feel like there's a lot of things that are happening and. And it would be kind of weird for those things not to pan out. Like if sure. they did take the palm print or the print, the fingerprints or whatever, and and uh, it didn't come back as anything, then you're like, ah, okay, all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like we're getting too close to figuring something out to not have anything figured out soon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a moment in that scene too, where he, where Cooper stares at the flag. We've seen him have these moments kind of with the badge or with the guy, the the policeman, you know, like where he's just kind of fixated on these things that I think were important to him before, mm-hmm. right? Like you knew Cooper was like dedicated to the job because he loved his country. He, he his ideal of like the lawman and like it was very important to him. And so mm-hmm. that's my take on those things. So he has that moment where he's staring at the flag and you hear America, the, I think it's America the Beautiful in the background. Um, but then the woman walks across and you're like, oh, is he checking her out? But he's actually, see, what, he's looking at her shoes and then he catches the socket. So he's like remembering, I'm guessing, you know, his journey from wherever he was before. Um, they get a, they get kind of a, um, a tip on Ike. Uh, he's at a motel. Um, and I love, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Did you lose me for a second? I lost you for a second, but you're back. Kind of a weird connection. And I apologize for any audio issues. Um, 
that are yeah, running. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm running on a different uh, network line that should be better. So Okay. Um, so I'm sorry. It cut out for a second there, but I'm, but I'm back. We'll, cool. Let's keep going. Okay. So um, they find out where Ike is, Ike the Spike, and they go to the motel to arrest him. And um, <laughs> that's when they have the, uh, the line about, as a matter of fact, we have your whole palm. Which again gets that laugh, which I loved. Um, <laughs> no, it's weird. No, it's so good. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I love nervous laughter. I've always been a nervous laugher. So mm-hmm. um, he just has like, such such a good. Maybe we get Eric Edelstein on the show if you know him. Because I, be- uh, I I could definitely uh, <laughs> reach out. By the way, Keckner has been great. Like I love. When I saw John Ennis in this show, I was like, oh, I, ho- I hope Keckner's in this for more than like two seconds, you know? Mm-hmm. Because er- I feel like the early cameos in the show were like, oh, they were on for like two seconds and then they were gone. And I feel like I lo- I'm stoked that he has a role that's kind of, you know, at least a little. I mean, we've seen more of him than we've seen of Ed, right? Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't want to say unfortunately because I'm a big Dave Keckner fan. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, I'm actually saying I, I'm enjoying it. Um, in fact, I'd much rather see Dave Keckner than um, than like Andy and Lucy right now. I'm not like the whole thing with the chair. Yeah, I wrote like no wonder Chad hates these two. Um, anyway, Chad. We see in that episode Johnny Horn running into a wall, which kind of plays into the next episode. At the time, I was like, why did we see this? Um, But it's setting up for something in part 10. So my favorite scene probably in this episode was getting to see Betty Briggs um, when Bobby comes home to talk to her about – are you there? I'm right here. I can hear you. All right. You cut out for a second. Um, Bobby comes there to talk about Major Briggs's last kind of known meeting was with Agent Cooper. And so they come yeah. there with Hawk and Sheriff Truman to talk about it. And she's like, no, no, no. I know all about this. He told me you guys were going to come. It's this really cool scene. Um, Rip off from Back to the Future did 2. You, did you know that like Betty – what's her name? I forget what her name is in real life. But like someone posted a video of her like – she used to hang out with Jim Morrison. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Um, Charlotte Stewart. That is cool. Charlotte My mom Stewart. dated Jim Morrison. Charlotte Stewart, I think, is her name. Anyway, your mom dated Jim Morrison? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. She dated him for like two weeks. No. No, I swear to God. No. It's like this I'm not lying. It's this big thing. Like my grandpa used to talk about it too. Like he uh, he wouldn't let him in the house because he had long hair. Wait, did everyone date Jim Morrison? Apparently, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. Is Jim Morrison your dad? Um, the years don't work out correctly, but maybe. But if this was an episode of Twin Peaks: The Return, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. I, Jim Morrison years... was my dad. Did your mom really <laughs> date Jim Morrison? Why would I lie about that? That's a weird thing to lie about. I know, but like, what, I, I hate the doors, so it's not like I'm gaining anything by that. I, what has she told you about this? 
How old were how like I don't care about Twin Peaks anymore. Like let's just talk about this. Uh she was fifty-two and <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 uh, no, no. Seriously. Seriously, it was uh my my grandpa used to have a, a place on the on like right up from the beach here in San Diego. And Jim Morrison, I guess, spent like a summer or two pre-doors yeah like being a huge huge thing like spent a summer or two like as a beach rat in san diego and he and my mom went out a few times i don't know she doesn't really tell me much the only thing she's told me and then my grandpa has backed up is that he was not allowed in the house because he had long hair and uh that uh that he was really my mom's like i don't really like him but you know it was one of those things like made my dad mad, so I went out with him. Where do they go? What do they go do? I don't know. I haven't ever asked because I, I hate the doors. Yeah, Why but would I like, ever? Even if you didn't like the doors, like this is the most famous person that you like, right? This is like the most famous you person think that Jim you're. Morrison? You think you don't think Jim Morrison is like really, really famous? I like the most famous person. What that I've that you're, met or? that in your family anyone has ever had a relationship with, even like a friendship. Oh well, sure, yeah. And you've never I like guess asked so. her questions about it. My dad used to hang out with Chris Collinsworth. Can we get her on? Can we can we get her on Skype right now? <laughs> <laughs> your dad used to hang out with Chris Collinsworth. Do you think that's close to your mom dating Jim Morrison? Uh, well, I hate the doors. It doesn't matter. That like take your feelings about Jim Morrison out of it. Yeah, well, he's like, I guess he's one of the most famous musicians of all time. But he wasn't then. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't. Anybody but that's then. why it's almost more. I'm more interested in this. Like I don't know. He probably, he probably took her to Wendy's. Who knows what the hell? That, and that would fascinate the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? They got Frosties. I don't know what Because if he's like, hey, you want to hear this song I wrote? I'd be like, what? He did say that? Like, how have you not asked her these things? She did tell me that he wrote a song for her. (laughs) Don't. And it was something called, like, you know, it was, I forget what it was called, but it was something about a, um, what it like? She, my mom used to. My mom used to like be really good at bonfires. Shut, like making bonfires. shut up! Shut up! <laughs> so I can't that. believe I can't believe that you're not completely fascinated by this. I couldn't be less because Jim Morrison to me is the biggest tool ever that I've like bigger than the guy from Three Eleven. Why? Uh, I just hate the Doors music. Uh, I think he was but he didn't uh, like write, watching. He didn't him write the music. Me. No, but watching him perform made me just hate him. When did you see like, the Doors perform? Well, my mom took me. No, you, no, she didn't. Of course, she didn't. I. <laughs> what did you see? Did, I, you, did you like just not like the movie The Doors? <laughs> Wait, are you saying the Doors were a band? Like a real band? You never saw the Doors play. Why would you say you don't like watching him perform? What sh- what performance do you remember? Do you of- mean there's, there's obviously ways to see a performance yeah, but, from the Doors. Okay, wh- what do you like? Which ones Holograms. have you seen? Holograms. Shut up. I'm, I'm they- like... 
I'm, I'm like, don't care about Twin Peaks is my favorite thing in the world. And I don't even care anymore because I am just like laser focused on this now. Yeah, I, well, here's the here's the unfortunate part. There's literally no None more. None of this is true. None you. of this is true. No, it's all true. It, it's very true. I uh, just there's no more information. Like I have never talked to my mom about it. Um, I'm not doing another episode of the show until you talk to your mom about it and we find out. <laughs> there is I mean, nothing uh, more fascinating in my entire life than this news. That's so funny. I, there's because no way even that I, I okay, I was watching the video that that Charlotte Stewart took of Jim Morrison, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, look there he is! Like, <laughs> this is someone I know. This is yeah. Well, I I know your mom. Yeah, you do. But I or apparently I don't. <laughs> she doesn't like. That's not like the first thing she says to everybody. That's like the third thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to find. I want to know more. Could you get some details for us? You know, I will. I okay. will ask her. All right. I really will because I. I've never. I just want to but... know where they went. I, I'm like curious where Jim Morrison, <laughs> even at like age 18, was like, "Let's go to the drive-in," or like, "I'm maybe Jim Morrison was like a really good bowler." And I didn't know that because I really love the album The Soft Parade, and that's all I care about. True story. Um, well, there you go. There I go. Let's try to segue back somehow into <laughs> Twin Peaks. Um, okay, no, the, the Betty yeah. Briggs scene. So, yeah, apparently all of California dated Jim Morrison. Um, so Major Briggs predicted all of this. Bobby becoming a cop. Um, and he left something for them. Yeah. What scene in back to the future is this? When, uh, Biff, uh, you know, the, the, the casino Biff was yes. like, he told me that one day yeah, a yeah crazy yeah. old man or a, yeah. Mark Frost is actually a huge back to the future two fan. <laughs> His Twitter icon is, is that picture of Biff on the casino? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Mark Frost, could you make that come true for me? Um, okay, so let's get tried to snack. I'm like, my, my mind is on the side of the road. I'm trying to pick it back up and put it into the car. Um, but I love this scene. She, so she like, this episode was called, this is the chair. That was the title. And everyone all week was like, what does that mean? And so we find out that the chair has this kind of secret compartment where this kind of metal tube that holds whatever information Major Briggs wanted to give these guys. She's had this for so long. Um, it makes me want to like put those into all of my pieces of furniture, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. If you're yeah. like, this is the oh. Ottoman and it's just like tickets to the movies you bought earlier. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. You'd be like, Sean, you could put those on your phone now. You know, they're like, you don't have to even print out tickets to that. And I'm like, but this is the Ottoman. Um, That's where I'm going to put all my pixie sticks. So knock it. This, this is the pixie stick. Um, pixie stick? Do they still, they make those still? Pixie sticks? Yeah. Of course they do. Okay. Um, okay, so they land in Buckhorn. Uh, Cooper, not Cooper, Cole, Albert, and Diane. Um, and so then they kind of give them the lowdown on, um, they show him Briggs's body 
and you know Albert and and Cole are like, "There's no way this can be him. How does this make sense?" <clears throat> By the way, I have this like hunch, and I hate this hunch, but I feel like somewhere in this the end of these episodes that Bad Cooper is gonna kill Gordon Cole. Doesn't that oh, yeah? suck? I don't know why. I just feel like it's gonna happen. I hate it. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I haven't thought about that at all. I haven't either until I watched this episode for the second time. And I just feel like it's going to happen. But I really hope it doesn't. Mm. <clears throat> the Jerry Horn weed thing is getting old and it needs to tie into actual plot soon or else like I can't. I don't I'm over it. Um, oh, that's your breaking point. Even though the foot thing was funny, it was just like, OK, come on. Like we get really? it. We get it. That's your breaking point. <clears throat> Not the fucking shovel show, but Jerry Horn talking to his foot. That's I just, the problem. Like, I think weed humor is just kind of like, okay, all right. It's just too oh, much. Oh, I hate weed humor. That's <laughs> the reason why I hate the doors. But <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, anyway, that's my take on Jerry. I, I, like, I really loved the first scene with Jerry and Ben in his office when he was talking about weed and he's like, is that mother's hat? But ever since yeah. then, I need Jerry Horn to become part of the show. Um, otherwise it's just like, it's too much. Um, okay. So they, they get the metal tube from Betty Briggs. They take it back to the sheriff's office and Bobby knows how to open it. And when he does, there's a note inside <clears throat> written by major Briggs that kind of tells them a place to go and a date to be there. Um, and the name of the place is something that Bobby, only Bobby would know. Um, uh, it's worth noting that on that little paper is like Twin Peaks, it looks like. There's the two mountains. And on one of those mountains has that little ant head thing that Cooper had on a card, which we don't know what that is. It's My speculation is it's that thing that barfed all those eggs and Bob. That could be like, that could be it. I don't know, but it's on there. Hmm. Um, anyway, this was all after gotcha. they made Chad leave with all, with all of his lunches. He had like five lunches. Oh, um, Chad. So let's see here. Okay. So then we get the Hastings. This is, this is important stuff. The Hastings interrogation by Tam, mm -hmm. by Tammy, um, at the Buckhorn, uh, jail. Okay, <clears throat> so the story is he was really into investigating and reading about other dimensions. Um, and so they discovered that this is actually a real thing, these other dimensions, um, that him and Ruth, this was his uh, – the librarian who we know died, that they were having an affair – they were really into this, and they had found these coordinates, and they found Major Briggs, who was hibernating. <clears throat> this is according to Major Briggs. He wanted the coordinates so that he could go somewhere else before someone found him. Um, they found the coordinates in a secure military database. Ruth had them. She wrote them on her hand. <clears throat> um, and then... When they brought him back the numbers, he said, something terrible happened. These others came in. They grabbed him by the neck, and they said, what's your wife's name? And then he says that he didn't kill Ruth. Um, 
This, at this point, they bring out the photos of the six men and the IDs, Major Briggs. Um, he says when they gave Major Briggs the numbers, he started to float up. He said some words. He said, Cooper, Cooper, right before his head disappeared. And then Ruth was dead and he woke up in his own home. And he also said that there were so many people there. So there's a lot of information here. I, yeah. Did you, did you know at all or did you see how there's actually, they made a website that, like a fake website for him? Uh, I heard, uh, I think John texted us that, but I have so, not looked at it yet. It's funny because it looks like a geo, you and I have made GeoCities jokes for two decades now, like three decades, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. And um, it looks like one, like they made nice. it look like one and it's awesome. Um, I don't think there's like anything really there of like significance other than there's a couple like things you click on and it's like, I think Rhino Records maybe made it as promotion for the upcoming soundtrack from what I can tell. I haven't spent a lot of time mm. on there, but it is worth going to kind of because it's funny that it looks like the website that they would have made in 97. Um, although my question yeah. is why would they have not updated it if this crime happened like this year or two years ago and they're still writing about this. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, maybe it's 1997. <clears throat> have we ever asked that question? There's a lot of alternate timeline theories going on in this show. So the main thing here is the question with major Briggs is how could he be in his forties or fifties? You know, if he's supposed to be in his seventies. Um, so, we might have some answers here in this that he was maybe in another dimension. He says he was hibernating. I mean, my gut, my thought was we know Major Briggs is really smart, right? Like he's was one of the smartest characters of the original series. So and he knows a lot of things. He's he's deep into classified documents. So what if Major Briggs, you know, instead of dying in the fire, was able to escape if Cooper, if Bad Cooper kind of was out to kill him, if he was able to kind of escape through one of these portals that we've seen in the show and kind of just lay low there um, until he's kind of in this place where he knows Cooper's going to find him and this is where he has asked Hastings for these other coordinates so he can go somewhere else. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but this was kind of what I was thinking as I was watching this for the second time, kind of with subtitles, getting all the things he was saying about how Briggs was asking them for coordinates so he could leave because he was worried about other people coming to find him. Um, and when I, when I heard other people coming to find him, my initial thought was, you know, Mr. C. So yeah. what do you think about that, Dallas? Um, I, I wanted to go back to when Bobby was, uh, throwing the thing on the ground to ping it. <laughs> yes. Uh, cause it just made me really miss Bobby. <laughs> like thought, the way he threw it was such a classic Bobby <clears throat> teenager move. I love, I love having Bobby in the show and I think he's been awesome. Like he's been great. I love this. I, like I didn't love just the scene with seeing Betty Briggs, but like his reaction to her talking about his dad and how his dad felt yeah. about him. Um, he's very emotional in this, uh, in this show, this but, season, but just, yeah, how he was kind of so smug about how he's like, I know how to open that. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, was, was, it was great. It was great. It was a great, like a, anyway. a twin peaks moment for us, but yeah, very nice. No, I agree. But the Hastings thing, um, 
a lot of information. My only takeaway was when he was saying there's a lot of people there. Is it maybe that's the weird gas station <clears throat> garage that's, where all the yeah, you know, you want to light guys yeah. are. Yeah, that's what I thought too. The other like where thing, that weird place in Firewalk with me is. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I thought when he said there's so many other people there. My yeah. other, my other, um, there's a theory going around because of what Cooper said to his to Phyllis, his wife. Right before he shoots her, he says, you followed – he's like, you did a good job. You follow human instinct perfectly. Um, people had kind of hypothesized that she is not – like she was either a doppelganger or the created, kind of like Dougie was. But he says – Hastings says that everyone – all the he says people grabbed him by his neck and asked him what his wife's name was. So there could be something to that, that she was involved somehow in all this. We know that she was working with Mr. C, right? Because when, yeah. when he shows up at her house, she's not surprised to see him. She's kind of almost like, oh, hey, it's good to see you. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're getting closer to some of these things that have been mysteries in the show. But we're not yeah. quite there yet. Um, anyway, and then th this episode ends with um, uh, Ben and Beverly – Ben Benverly? No, I can't. It doesn't work. <clears throat> but there's a there's still there's the humming in his office, which we all know is Josie, who's going to come back in episode eleven, and I'm going to stay off Twitter so I don't find out about it. Um, but they have a moment where like, oh, they're going to kiss, and they don't, and and he's like, I can't do this. He's like, I don't know why. She says, You're a good man, Ben. Um, and actually, I'm wrong. This episode doesn't end with that. It ends with. Uh, that scratchy scratch yes which yep so i don't know i i probably have listened to her music but it's like she's the musician i think it's sky ferreira um i wrote that i don't like watching non-actresses pretend to drink out of an empty beer can it just does not look good <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i also don't like characters that I don't know what they are talking a lot. Well, obviously, there's something about she's on the drug that everyone else is on, and it's not doing wonders for her body. She's got that horrible rash. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote that I don't hate the band at the end of this, and actually, do you think that their name is... Um, oh, what is their name? Au revoir, isn't Simone. Isn't that, yeah. a, isn't that a... At first, I was like, what is that? And then I'm like, isn't that a line from Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Oh, yeah, it is. Which actually made me like them even more. But was is it uh, – sorry. That's okay. It's late. Isn't one of them in, uh, related? Oh, I don't know. I don't know them I, at all. But I think one of them's like <clears throat> Robert Forrester's daughter or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh. I think John said that, and when they because this is the second time they've been on the show. Yeah, I like. I I, I've never heard their music, but I like them. Sure. Yeah, at first, fine. at first, when that scene starts, you think it's just going to be the DJ, and then it gets worse. We get the armpit, but then I like the song that they sing at the end of it. But um, what a take in the DJ. Let's move smoothly into part ten. Um, so. We knew that Richard Horn was a bad guy, but we're going to find out how bad he is in this episode. Yeah. He goes to visit Miriam, who he spotted when he ran over that kid. He saw her see him. And so 
this is kind of weird. So she goes, I, I told the cops and I wrote him a letter. So my only guess is that she had to have told Chad because we know Chad is working with Richard because otherwise why would they not have already – she goes, I'm, well, I'm surprised you're not arrested yet, so I also wrote a letter. So she must have told Chad because otherwise – you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> There's no other explanation for it. But yeah, that's he, a good point. He finds out that she wrote the letter today, and so she, he's going to you know, have Chad intercept it. Before he does that, he beats the crap out of her and tries to light her little trailer on fire. Um, which we're hoping that she didn't pay her gas bill this month because we'd love to see her come back. But from the blood that is coming out of her skull, it doesn't look like she's going to make it. Um, this episode opened up pretty rough because we go from there to the Fat Trout trailer park, the new Fat Trout, where at first Harry Dean Stanton is singing a little song on the guitar, but then we see uh-huh. Stephen with a huge nasty booger coming out of his nose, just losing his mind on Becky. Um, Becky. He says something, though, about how, like, don't give me that innocent look. I know exactly what you did. So what do you think she did? Uh, Cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know, and... um... I could have just I could have just had some more Harry Dean Stanton playing guitar to I tell could, you the truth. I could use I a mean, lot more of that and less of that dude's booger. Yeah, that guy's like the grossest guy. He's like, so that gross. Mustache he has. Did you and... see did you see Get Out? No, I have not. You have to see Get Out because it's just fantastic. But he's in that and he's equally as like revolting in that. Um, yeah, I don't like that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think we're supposed to like him though. Um oh, you got that? Can we uh, can we like stop doing the fly thing in TV? The fly thing? Yeah, where like the actors pretending there's a fly and they like, and they we have to take <laughs> time watching them, because no one does that. By the way, like no one does that. You don't do that. You either if the fly's near you, you and if you have a fly swatter, you kill it. Otherwise, you don't follow it around the room for ten minutes. Like all TV like begs us to believe we do. We just don't, it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, you're not candy or whatever her name is, right? Yeah. You're not candy who, who I don't understand the remote to the face. I don't get it. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Candy has one of the best scenes in Twin Peaks, the return though, later on in this episode. And I, I will fight you if you don't agree with me. (laughs) <laughs> um, there's some really, really funny moments in this one. This episode was pretty funny, but I mean, I, they're obviously setting up, setting us up to understand just how kind of, how kind of out there candy is. Um, yes. In the last episode, Bushnell gave Dougie the day off of work and Janie says, Oh great. I'm going to take him to the doctor. So here we are next episode at the doctor. And this is when she kind of realizes and the doctor realizes that Dougie's lost a lot of weight. Um, this is mm. obviously not your husband or your patient, but fine. For the sake of TV, let's just keep moving on and, you know, not think that, oh, something's wrong here. Um, but the purpose of this is to see Kyle McLaughlin with a shirt off. He looks pretty good. Um, he looks damn good. And Janie agrees. So 
back in Vegas, Candy's still very upset. The Mitchum brothers are watching the news. They find out that they got Ike the Spike. Um, I was kind of hesitant. I was a little like, oh, I don't know. When we found out the cast list and we saw, I saw Belushi's name. <clears throat> I'm going to take all that back because I thought he was fantastic in this episode. And I'm actually really enjoying him in the show. I don't know if you feel the yeah. same way. Um, hey, Jim Belushi had one of my favorite performances in a film ever. Mr. Baseball. And, <clears throat> no. In a movie called, um, oh, what is it called? I forget now. If you I'll say, remember. If you say Animal House, I'm, I'm hanging up and we'll be done. He was great. Oh, he was great <laughs> in Animal House. He was better in Blues Brothers. Um, oh, oh, man. I can't remember what that movie's <clears throat> called. Mr. Baseball. I'm going to find out why you keep talking. Okay. Uh, for the purposes of just moving the plot along, they see that Ike gets arrested. They also spot Dougie Jones, <clears throat> who they know is the guy who won all the money from their casino. I love, I love the beginning of this next scene. I didn't need to see Coop or Dougie and Janie having sex, but I love her crushing really hard on her husband while he's eating cake like a cow. Um, and she's like, are you attracted to me? And he's just like, <laughs> slow take towards her, just chewing cake. It's so funny. Um, yeah. Just give him the Emmy. Come on. He's been so great in this. It's so funny watching him do all these different things. Did he get nominated? No, they I don't think I don't think they, they're qualified for this season. Oh. Um, Return to Me. That's the name of the movie. Okay. We'll he was to, great in Return we'll to Me. We'll have to check that out. He's great in this episode. He's great in Part 10 of Twin Peaks The Return. Um, yeah, more of Jacoby with the thing. I, I don't need to see this either. Like, I did enjoy seeing Nadine watching, and we got to see her store um, with the shovel. But, like, yeah, I haven't seen Ed. I would take more James at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the first things I saw when I was like, kind of, I kind of followed on Twitter and like online when they were filming was someone had posted the photo of the run silent run drapes sign. And it made me really happy. So it was, it was cool for me It pay off to see that. Um, yeah, it was funny. And then the next morning with Coop and Janie, I'm feeling at this point where like, I am done with the story, but I'm a little like, oh, I don't want him to have to deal with her when he becomes whole again because what's going to happen to her and Sonny Jim you know what I mean like Dougie's not going to come back she's just going to be like oh wait what you know it's going to be like Nadine when Nadine woke up in the end of season two um, but maybe they'll <clears throat> get to stay together I don't see that happening right well I don't see a lot of things happening in Twin Peaks but <laughs> um Okay, so Chad intercepts the mailman. Um, <clears throat> I have good news, at least potentially good news in this in this scene because someone pointed this out on Twitter that Miriam's name on the letter that Chad gets and Miriam's name in the credits as the actress who we saw play Miriam are different. So spoiler oh. alert, Potentially, that was not the letter that Miriam sent because it could be from another Miriam. And Chad would be the kind of idiot. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. 
um, who would everything's fine. Who would steal? Oh, is that a plug for your other podcast? We haven't released in six months. Please listen. Okay. <laughs> um. So anyway, so maybe no, interesting. I hope, man. man yeah, Richard we, Horn's the worst. We need Richard Horn to to meet his ending, um, and have it to, to be pretty bad. So speaking of the next scene is pretty rough. Um, the little effed Wait, up bear. So what? Sorry. So whose kid is he supposed to be? Okay, the theory is right now that he's Audrey's kid, right? Yeah. We don't have, I mean, like, he's not Johnny's kid, and he's calling, we, we know that he's Sylvia Horn's grandson. And from what we know, they only had, I mean, okay, like, no, it's not Donna's kid because he wouldn't call Sylvia grandma. So, like, yeah. let's say Donna was Ben's daughter. Like, they haven't really cleared that up. They only had Audrey and Johnny, and we don't think this is Johnny's kid. We think this is Audrey's kid. Potentially from some of the news, I think in part six or seven, part seven, Bad Cooper could be the father of this horrible, horrible human being. So. <clears throat> uh, he would have slept with Audrey. Yeah, that he, that they said, so when he when he talks to, Doc Hayward on Skype, he says he saw Cooper visiting Audrey, or he was in the ICU where Audrey was. So, yes. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yes, that's important huh. for this. So, Interesting. The, potentially, when she was in a coma or whatever, he made this happen. Um, mm. So, he shows up at her house, at Sylvia Horn's house, and so we know we see Johnny, who had escaped from his room and ran straight into a wall and hurt himself. Now he's got a helmet and he's got the like mouth guard and he's like tied to the table with the little effed up bear, the like very <laughs> David Lynch bear that just yeah. keeps repeating in a British accent. Hello, Johnny. How are you today? Um, I'm going to totally get my kid one of these for his birthday. <laughs> Even if I have to make it myself. Nightmares for days. So he shows up at her. I mean, yeah, it's just like this is a real bad guy. You know, like most bad guys, you know, kill people. But this guy calls his grandmother the C word and like steals her money. Um, yeah. And uh, it's pretty disturbing to watch. And she, Sylvia has to get choked and then watch Johnny just be freaking out while her grandson is stealing from her. And it's just it's awful. And I really hope I somehow – I know he won't, but I'd just be awesome if Johnny could somehow kill Richard. I thought that was – I thought he was going to get out and do a thing, but nope. No. Nope. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, the guy who who works in Vegas, who we think works for Mr. C, who is his name is Mr. Todd. Um, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. The guy from Mad Men. The guy from Mad Men. So he tells – oh, he, he's, he's informed that Spike is arrested. So this is when he, he tells um, – so we find out something here that the guy who, um, who works at the insurance, insurance agency – why can't I talk? Ins insurance agency, Tom Sizemore's character, Anthony. So 
Remember when he's when they're at that meeting and Coop says he's lying. Yeah. So we know that he was working for this guy, for Mr. Todd, who so he made these kind of reports um, up to kind of benefit Mr. Todd because he says that the Mitchum brothers are his bitter enemies and business rivals, which would explain why those insurance claims were not going to get paid out on the building that they had that was destroyed. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why he said at the time why Dougie or Cooper said he was lying. So he charges Anthony now with having to get the Mitchum brothers to turn on Dougie and kill him. Otherwise, he's going to have to kill him himself. Um, there's a quick scene with Albert and Jane, which kind of we picked up in the last episode that they're kind of like the same a little bit, where it's like they kind of have quick retorts and she's also in forensics. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Cole's really enjoying it and, and Tammy and whatever. Um <laughs> Rest in peace, Miguel Ferrer. Um, so this scene was really funny because back at the Silver Mustang, Anthony shows up there to try to tell the Mitchum brothers what's going on with Dougie. And there's this really, really long played out scene where they're asking Candy to go get him and she's like not paying attention. And I think Belushi's great in this. So when she finally does, I think it's like a minute of her just like pointing. We just see her pointing over the security (laughs) cam. And I was laughing so hard. This is like the funniest scene I've seen in the show. Um, Yeah. And finally, it was very funny. It's so good. Um, Finally, when they get her back and him back to the room and she just kind of like, she's on his arm walking in. She just is telling him that she was talking about the air conditioning. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, this paid out great. And yeah, it was great. Anthony's there telling him that Dougie Jones is the reason why they're not getting their money. And then we see them talking about it at their apartment or their house or whatever. They're going to call. Yeah, they were like, uh, what was funny is they were like oddly close. What do you mean oddly close? Those two, like Jim Belushi and the other guy. Robert they're Never, like really, he's also great. They're physically close to each other. And there's like a scene where like Belushi kind of puts his hand on his leg for a second. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, are they like a couple? You know what I mean? Like, I don't oh, know I if it was going to be some weird moment. I think they're bro- – well, I thought they were brothers. They were called the Mitchum brothers. No, they're probably the brothers. I'm just saying it was just very strange. Oh. It was like this weird directoral decision of like having them so close together. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. One of the weirdest moments in the show and like – I've been kind of vocal that I'm missing the kind of scary and creepy moments um, was for me, Gordon Cole having the like opening the door and seeing Laura. Um, this one has my head like I'm scratching my head because as far as we know, Gordon Cole never interacted with Laura at all. And all he knows of her is through, you know, case files and pictures and stuff. But he has like a flashback of something from fire walk with me. Um, it's a really, really unsettling moment that I want to know why it happened and what it's going to lead to. Um, mm-hmm. but it was cool. For Do you me. think it was a flashback for David Lynch? <laughs> like directing fire walk with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like him getting booed at, at the film festivals and stuff. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You never know. Yeah. That's probably, what, that's probably what it is. Um, so when I, so but it's Albert, it's not Laura. So Albert tells him about the text from 
with Diane. Um, and Cole's like, I suspected something was off with her, and now I know. But then before the scene ends, Tammy shows up with the photo from the New York room with the glass box. And they found a photo of Cooper, bad Cooper, in the room. But I'm curious, he's like talking to someone. And it's a guy who's like bald with glasses. Um, and they don't mention him in that. But I'm like, I want to know who that guy is because I feel like that's important. And I wrote down that he looks like Rudy Giuliani. I'm trying to remember who this is. So do you, I don't know if you remember the scene. So it's after the end of the scene, Tammy walks over and she's got the, the photo of Cooper next to the glass box. Do you remember that? Okay, yeah, 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 But he's talking to someone else who we don't, they don't talk about. Were either of them in the box? That's what I couldn't tell. No, they're like outside of the box talking. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Um, it's probably Rudy Giuliani. It could be I, Jim, Mor- it could be Jim Morrison. It could be Jim Morrison. Sylvia <laughs> calls Ben to tell him about Richard. And at this point he's, She's like, and you're going to pay for everything he took. Ben, feeling completely just like overwhelmed, says out loud he wants to ask Beverly to dinner. Um, people on Twitter really love that storyline, and I don't really care. Really? Do you? Are, do you? They love the Ben, whatever her name ben is, storyline? Yeah. God, no. No. Why do I care about that storyline? What I want to know is who the hell Beverly's husband is and why she's such a dick to him. Yes. That's like, people are like, I feel like people want them to end up together. And I'm like, I don't, doesn't, isn't her husband dying? And. Yeah, man. Ben isn't. Yeah, I don't get it. Ben still isn't a good guy that we know of. Ben was a bad guy. Right. Yeah, maybe. I well, no, Ben had that turnaround. Are we are we so nostalgic for Twin Peaks that we're just like we'll take anything that is first and second season? You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew the Jets weren't going to get back together, but <laughs> I mean, I and you wanna... love Richard Beamer, and you're kind of in the same boat I am on this. It's like, well, Beamer had that weird turnaround at the end of the series, you know, season two. And so like, I wonder if that just stuck and he tried to be a good person Yeah. from there on out, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like I'm, I'm on board with so many things that are happening, but I feel like they could have picked like more interesting things for Ben Horn to be doing than to like, if he, is he, or is he not going to end up in a relationship with Ashley Judd? Well, it's just like, it makes me think of the, you know, the big complaints about season two from Twin Peaks fans was that it was, you know, you went Evelyn and James and all these weird storylines. And that wasn't Mark Frost and David Lynch. But it certainly feels like it might have been. <laughs> like, with this season, <clears throat> with this season, there's so many storylines and so many things going off. And like, well, I don't yeah, think that's. Little... But see, that was very season one, too. In season one, there was also a million storylines. It just I was I wanted to follow at least most of them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. This ends with the scene, oh man, seeing Catherine Coulson on screen for me, anytime I'm just like, I'm so like focused and like I'm getting like goosebumps. It's amazing. I love seeing the log lady and just like she's so frail 
And it's, I'm just so glad she got to be a part of this show selfishly as like a fan, but she, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like to see her and she has no hair, but like, it's just the, these really, really, really important moments I feel like. And I'm so glad that it's, that we're getting them to get, get to see her. I mean, it makes it more important because they're already important. She's saying these things to Hawk and, um, but just knowing the backstory with her, it's just like, it's such a cool thing. Um, to have as a fan of the show. And so she says a couple of things. I feel like we're going to stuff stuff's going to happen. She says something, it's all going to come out now flowing like a river. And she mentioned something about Laura is the one. Um, yeah. So I hope that this isn't the last thing we see of her. I hope she's still a part of the show going forward. But, um, but anytime she's been a part of it, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy when we get to see the log lady. Um, and then this show ends with Moby playing guitar. Is that who it is? Moby? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, man. That was just, um, I was very disappointed. People on Twitter also really, really liked this song. So Rebecca Del Rio, I think, was in Mulholland Drive. She may have been in some other things. So I think people were very much like, oh, this is someone we know. But I didn't wasn't particularly like taken by the song or by the performance. I, and maybe I, I guess I'm in the minority, but it definitely wasn't like Julie Cruz in, you know, the episode where Maddie was killed. It was not on that level for me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe I need yeah. to, maybe I need to go back and watch it again, but I was just like, I, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. So. You definitely don't. I, I was like, <laughs> I, these last two episodes for me were very fun. I liked them a lot. There a lot was of, a lot of fun. A lot of Twin Peaks. A lot of Twin Peaks. A lot of Twin Peaks. A lot of uh, things moved quickly. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was like, it was the, all the parts of the show that I basically like, you know? Sure. And uh, to end on that note where I'm just watching a four minute song, I was just like, yeah, man. You know, like at least you can make the visuals interesting to some degree i don't know like i was just like i was very very pissed off (laughs) when i finished because i'm watching it and i'm like is there going to be more after you know what i mean like because sometimes he'll you know he's done that like once at least maybe twice where we've seen a band perform and then there's more after you know yeah so i like paused it and it was like there was like four minutes left, and I'm like, oh, there might be something after. Nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Apparently, this song was he wrote. He wrote that song, so maybe I need to go look look at the lyrics and maybe some clues there. Or I don't know. I mean, like so I you, re- you I, let me know. <laughs> I liked I liked these two episodes. I feel like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information we got. We're not at the point where we're getting big reveals yet, but I feel like specifically with what is happening with the Bobby and Hawk and Sheriff Truman storyline where they're supposed to go to this place in a day or two. I feel like we're getting to, we're going to start getting into some different stuff. So, um, again, it's got to, it's going to keep me off Twitter. I'm going to have to go on tomorrow to post that our episodes up, but I really got to kind of like avert my eyes from getting any, spoilers for part 11 because i'm stoked i think it's actually going to start you know we're going to start getting some stuff revealed i'm sure you completely disagree with me and that's why this podcast is such a beautiful thing 500 episodes in (laughs) so 
<laughs> oh man. Are you still getting uh, Showtime for free, or how are you watching the show? Oh yeah, we should probably talk about that. <laughs> I haven't been watching since the first part. Um, <laughs> I just been kind of letting I you guys a, talk. Took a drink uh, of water. <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, no, I I I got Showtime on Hulu. Okay. And um, I got there was a month free trial. Yeah. And then um, I paid for the next month. And then my wife said, do you know we're paying for Showtime? <laughs> and I said, yes. And then she said, well, I'm canceling that. <laughs> uh, and you, then she did that. Did you tell her about um, Shameless? No. What is that? It's a show on Showtime. <laughs> oh, I haven't. But I did tell her about, uh, did you tell her about Ray Donovan. Big Little Lies? That's on HBO. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I told her about Ray Donovan. I'm wondering if, very you, if you told that. her about it. I told her about um, Bosch. Should we <laughs> should we start a Patreon so we just get people to pay to, to, for you to subscribe to if Showtime? Anyone can donate their ten dollars so I can pay for that. Otherwise, Hulu. we'll have to finish dishing the percolator when it comes out on Blu-ray, and I can mail it to Dallas. <laughs> um yeah we'll have to we'll have to chat because <laughs> i know we tried it okay, the other way. i'm really busy i'm really busy oh okay. no that's cool oh, it's it. good podcasting with you dallas yeah if you you know if you could just text me what? your phone number <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i'm so busy this weekend and no we, i get it, i get i'm it, so it, busy yeah, this yeah. year could you um, then? Could you just put in? Could you just mail me your password? Yes. To Showtime. Yes. Just put it in the mail. Just tell me what your PO box is, because I can't mail to any residential addresses. You, actually, I'll just give it. I'll just give you the. There's a In and Out that's really close to my yeah, house. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Do num- you just send num- it to a- number seventy-two? Is it In and Out number seventy-two? Yeah, yeah. Can you send it to Toy Machine? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tamietta. Tamietta. <laughs> that's an o, that's an O joke for no one. Um, no one, absolutely no one. Um, yeah, I, I think that I still have another week in the thing okay. left, so okay, I think good. I can watch the next one. I'm not sure. Maybe yet. you can get to Comic Con now. It's eleven fourteen. Can you get in the car to go to Comic Con? Yeah. Yeah. Are, by the are time you I going, get there, are you going to Comic Con this year? No. Um, no. And here's the thing. You know what? For anyone listening no, to this I don't podcast, think I, I don't think I. No, I don't. I don't okay. Want. Okay. Great. No. 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 no that's fine. No. Go ahead. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast and you've never been to Comic Con, take it from somebody who's grown up in San Diego, who went to Comic Con every single year, from like 1993. Yeah. When it was good. When it was when it was just well, comics. When it was just comics, 1993 and 94 and 94 and 95, those three years. used to be so rad. Very small. (laughs) Uh, Not very small. It was still pretty big, but it was was nowhere. I mean, it was was a fraction of what it is now. And it was all comics and artists. And uh, like the artists talking and doing panels was like the big thing. Yeah. Um, It it was just a really, really – if you liked comic books – 
then this was like your spot. I mean, it was very cool. Um, like I met Kurt Busiek, who's like this great uh, comic book writer. I met Todd McFarlane, Evan Dorkin. Like, you know, you couldn't get near those guys now. Um, but like maybe Evan Dorkin. But um, anyway, 95, there's a little history for you. 95, the movie Mallrats came out. Yep. And one of Kevin Smith's ideas was to go to the Comic-Con and promote Mallrats at Comic-Con because it was heavily based in comics or whatever. And uh, and it, it worked, and that kind of gave way to all this other movie promotion, and now we are where we are at today. And it's not that Comic-Con is bad because, honestly, if I can go, I will go. Um, but now it's so massive that you really don't even need to go into the comic convention. Like you don't even need to go into the convention center. Like it, it takes over all of downtown. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the year the Aquabat super show premiered on the hub network, um, the hub network, uh, rented out a broken yoke downtown, the restaurant broken yoke. Yeah. And converted it to the hub restaurant. So like everything was themed around their shows. So you wanted to be sat in the Aquabat Super Show section or the My Little Pony section or whatever. And it like that's the kind of stuff that happens. It's just like this weird, crazy – and there's shows everywhere. Like Comedy Bang Bang does a show outside of the comic convention. You know, It's just so that if you ever want to go, I wouldn't stress about getting into the convention itself. And it's also a big pain in the ass. Sure. I, but I will go. That's the thing is I hate it. What I was the year? It. What was the year but that I'll we go. went when Charlene and Michael Sarah and Ernie Hudson's story? What year was that? Oh man, that was uh well it was the year Superbad came out. So whatever the I year know, that was. That was the last year I went. Because it was right before Superbad came it was premiering that at the Comic Con. So no one knew who McLovin oh, yeah. was. I had a I got a McLovin button. Yeah, no one knew who he was, so he was just walking around yeah. completely visible, and no one knew. Um, and then, like, you know, the Aquabats, I was able to do some panels there with them. That was really cool to go in as, like, a, you know, as a quote-unquote professional. Yeah. Uh, that was very fun. And, like, Mega64 goes every year. My buddy's over there, and if I don't have a badge, they usually help me out and get me in. Um but you know, it, it's cool. I mean, I, listen, if you want to go, dude, watch, I, this watch, year I'm jealous because of the Twin Peaks stuff. Like, I'm just seeing yeah, photos cool. that I mean, Liz Ramsey posted. I'm so so jealous. And here's the thing about Comic Con that's pretty amazing: is it is so packed that you can literally go around and see. You'll you'll literally like walk by Mark Hamill and never ever know it. Yeah, because it is so busy, and he could just be wearing a hat, and you wouldn't you wouldn't know it. It's yeah. crazy. Like, what was that thing last year? I think it was last year. Somebody walked around, like Simon Pegg walked around with like a Darth Vader helmet on. Nice. <laughs> or something like that. And like no one knew it was him. But he, I guess he tweeted that he was going to be walking around in a Darth Vader mask. And like no one thought he was serious. I don't know. It was something like that. But I don't know. It, it, it's a cool thing to go to. Like it is massive and amazing. But it's so industry heavy now. It's yeah. like so separated where it's like – like our buddy Joe goes every year and he goes with his show American Dad that he writes for. I don't and I they, have no idea what you're talking about. Well, they pretty much just hang out with like other writers and other industry people. You know sure. what I mean? Like 
So it's, it's not like when we were kids and it was just about like finding that Ren and Stimpy number one I was really looking for. <laughs> no, it's not about that. Which in fact, the, I found the, and I still have in this – I'm in my garage. I know it's somewhere in here. In fact, if you ever go to the Comic-Con and you need uh, like a breather and like some leg room, go to where all the comics are. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, That's not a joke. I <laughs> went, like two years ago I went and I posted pictures of the comic book section and it was so good. empty, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. But whatever. Uh, next year we'll I, I be there. It, but I will still go. For the Dish and the Percolator panel. We'll be there. We'll be doing a Dish and the Percolator panel. Yeah. On by my mom. Mm, She's talking about Jim Morrison. Yeah. Please. Please. Um, thank you for Dig all of that you who listening to the end of this podcast. Um, and by the end, I mean this is the last one. Don't let yourself so, be hurt this time. No, I'm just kidding. We'll be back next week with part 11. Don't. Dallas, stay off the internet. Let no yourself spoilers. be hurt this time. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. And um, we'll talk again in a week's time. Dallas. Then I saw your face. You too, my friend. Then I saw your smile. Bye-bye. Me. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. (laughs) Russ Tamblin.